We're going back into more classic territory for this episode. Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974, Jared. Mm. This is an interesting one. We said at the end of last episode that neither of us were big supporters of this movie. No. And it was going to be really interesting because I hadn't actually seen it since I was a kid. I'd seen it a bit more recently, but uh, yeah. So it had been some time. But before we jump into that, without going through anything that we've currently been watching for a, over the past few weeks, anything fresh? Not really. No? Not since the last one. Not at Barely all? Barely watched anything. Tough times. Busy, mate. I'm busy, busy, yeah. Busy, back at work. Just a bit of TV, that's it. Oh, okay. The same sort of shows? Uh, yeah, just uh, catching up on, on Flash and Arrow. I actually did watch the first episode of Jessica Jones. Oh, yeah, what was that like? Yeah, really, that any good? Really liked it. Liked oh, it a lot. Good. And I finished up Gotham. I finished up the first season of Gotham. Okay. <laughs> Where's Gotham at? Uh, I haven't the seen any. The, at the end of the first season. I haven't seen any of season two, but I look, I thought it... I'm still in for season two because it showed a bit of promise. It tidied... It sort of did a few things at the end of season one that in season two will result in a bit more of the classic sort of Batman Batman villains, villains. and I think that's what you need because if you're not going to have Batman then I mean put it this way it's hard enough to bring a new villain into Batman and make them popular it's fucking impossible when you don't have Batman well <laughs> so, what were the like, villains who were the villains in the season early on because I only watched the first six or seven episodes right and yep. I'd never actually seen any of these guys yeah some of them were um, some of them were fringe fringe or were they... something like the Dollmaker is, yeah. is an actual Batman villain but it's it's kind of fringe and they took a, a different spin on it in this one uh, I think there was a few other ones that were were even sort of wider wider out than that but then there was some that were just made up like the fucking spirit of the goat or whatever that I can't get over that one um, <laughs> you almost jumped ship over I almost jumped ship over yeah. one episode yeah, yeah. Um, thankfully you hung in yeah because it's obviously re- it sort of righted the ship somewhat. I actually think it sort of it started to sort of right the ship uh, I was especially impressed by the episodes where the scarecrow was involved right. and it wasn't actually the scarecrow it was his dad who was who was sort of Conducting experiments on him, hence the scarecrow turning into the sort of fear, you know, yeah. um, obsessed villain. I, I really like that. Um, what about the penguin? Did he continue? Because he at least had some interesting stuff going on, even yeah. in those seven episodes. The penguin, it started to develop a little bit, and I, I always kind of liked him. I thought the casting was quite good um, in terms of, of casting a younger penguin and then going away from that sort of overly comic book thing of it being, you know, ridiculously short and stumpy and all that yeah. sort of stuff. I thought they did a pretty good job. Uh, not only that, I actually saw him at Supernova. I saw the fella that plays yeah. the Penguin at Supernova. Seemed like a really good guy. So that probably that probably even Help. won him a few more points. But I, I, I kind of liked the Penguin all the way through. Fish Mooney, Jada Pinkett, not, I wasn't so big on, on her, but I can see where it came from. But yeah, look, all in all, I'm still in on it, but if I wasn't a, if I wasn't a, a Batman fan and didn't read the Batman comics and that sort of thing, it might be a bit tougher to hang. Yeah, well, I, I think I said this in a previous podcast a while back, is I enjoyed the police procedural stuff. Yeah. And whenever it flashed to anything relating to Batman, I just, it was just not off City. I was yeah. just basically, let's move on, move on, move on, because... Batman is the spine that holds it all together. Yeah, to me, I actually think those bits don't make a lot of sense, or they make yeah. sense, but they don't make the the right sense. I actually think, in a way, like I like the Jim Gordon character, and I think Ben McKenzie doesn't does a pretty pretty solid job. But I kind of wish all I can think of when I watch it is going back to the podcast where Kevin Smith and Paul Dini came up with the idea for for um like Batman in high school. And if you haven't sort of listened to that, they, they basically just shoot the shit for an hour and came up with a really good idea right. for an, for what this turned into. It, like, it, it seemed much better than this. It was sort of Batman in high school and uh, like a, a Gotham Academy sort of thing and they they introduced a lot of the villains through that and had right, like right, a, right. a skull and bones society that turned out to be like Ra's al Ghul and the, or Ratio, I call him Ratio al Ghul and the League of Assassins and things like that. And it wasn't long after they did that podcast that Gotham was announced. 
Right. Um, and I kind of wish they had done They'd that, taken that, that idea. idea instead. Yeah. Maybe they felt that that was just going to cut too close to, you know, the I Superman think, one that they did, which was Smallville. Yeah, so had. I think what happened was they... I, I might have messed up there. I think they actually had announced Gotham, but once they started talking about this on this podcast, I believe Bruce Wayne was then involved in Gotham, when prior to that he wasn't going to have such a heavy involvement. Yeah. so well, I didn't follow it through far enough, so it's hard for me to say. Yeah, I think but, you get force-fed a little bit of the Bruce Wayne stuff. Yeah. Like people that, just that drop lines into him about, you know, um, uh, people who wear masks and all this sort of shit, and you just think some of that's a little bit, little bit on the nose. Mm. Yeah, like I said, I, but I'm, you'll stick I'm, with I'm it. I'm sticking with it, but I can see why people would drop and off. And you've watched Jessica Jones. Watch Jessica Jones first. You're stuck. Well, the, yeah, the, 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 you can't knock them off. What about Supergirl? Have you, have you had any No, well, we haven't got it. With that or? We haven't got it. I haven't Is there been, any details of when it might be? It's going to be on here in December. It's going to start in December. Fox, so Fox, I guess. I'm sure there's uh, there's other means of getting it now, but um, oh, yeah. I'm just going to hang we around We don't condone Fox. that kind of shit. So. No. Uh, I'm not gonna leave it at that. Not gonna. Um, I'm gonna catch it in December. But do you so have far, high it sounds hopes good. for that. I do. I, did. I believe that really? the, the, the drop off between episodes uh, in terms of um, numbers was quite large. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, I do. I didn't. I didn't have. Uh, didn't have really high hopes for it. But um, but uh, the buzz that the first episode got was pretty good. So I haven't, I haven't looked too deep into it after that because I don't want to get hit with any spoilers until I'm sort of up to date. Sure. So, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy to get in in on that one. Okay. I of course have been on leave. So, I so had some you've time. got about a, a, a page full. No, no, no. The raid two. Loved it, which I enjoyed, but I do feel that the tight controlled. Environment of the first one is makes it a better movie. Really, I actually yeah. thought the second one was better. I felt the other one. I felt the, the second one was way too sprawling, and it was all over the shop. I mean, Christ! The, mm. It went. It went for fifty minutes. Well, it went almost an hour longer than the the original. Yeah, I know. And I actually, it, me, I it was the, just stuffed to the absolute eyeballs. Yeah, I actually thought the introduction of the whole gangland sort of. Oh, it was you know, a great idea. Was really, I good. don't think it needed fifty minutes, extra fifty minutes. I'm it, just going to flat out say you're wrong. It's um, the only other problem I had was that, I mean the fights and the action and stuff is just incredible the toilet the, the, cubicle no no that's great that's gold the first couple are just phenomenal the, the yeah. punch up in the cubicle and the biffo on the parade ground in the wet just awesome that, yeah. they were great the final fight between him and I can't remember the guy's name with the two knives. Yeah. It fucking goes on forever. I've never seen mm. so much punishment. <laughs> yeah. These guys are getting punished within... <laughs> I mean, I can cop some suspension of disbelief. You have to suspend disbelief in this movie, of course. Yeah. But that punch-up is just... It defies fucking everything that can possibly happen to any yeah. human being. See, I... I... Yeah, I don't know. I really, I love, I loved the first one, but I thought this one might have shaded it just a little bit. I think my only problem was probably the multitude of assassins that they sort of call in, like oh, how they get the hammers and the, the baseball hammers and bats. The baseball bats. I thought some of them were were pretty cool ideas, but they just sort of seemed to keep coming for yeah. a stretch there. I did like the movie ramps up to the to the hilt down that last probably forty. Yeah, that's when it really goes hell for leather. It really lifts everything up. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I have absolutely no problem with it. I mean, there's a punch-up in, inside a car. <laughs> and it's a pretty good one too. Which is pretty impressive. But just that final fight scene, to me, is the one that actually let me down. I felt that was the one that was the most disappointing. Interesting. Just because I just felt it just went on forever. Yeah. You know, they, um, the first movie that the director and Eco Weiss made together is hit Netflix. Has it? Mar- Marantau, I think it's called. I better look into that. Yeah. I didn't know they'd made, they'd made another one together. They made one prior to the raid. Um, I can't remember. I think it's all... Um, yeah, it's it's Indonesian language all the way through. Because like, I've no issues with any of that. I mean, to me, the subtitle stuff didn't make a lick of difference. No. It could have been dubbed in English and it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, you know, like I, I was following it all the way. And it made plenty of sense. 
And from what I've heard, the original raid, this one was the one he wanted to make. The raid two was the one he wanted to make first, but it was too big and too yeah. sprawling, so he had to scale it down. Yep. And once the raid was a hit, he could then take it up. Yeah. Um, look, oh, look, I enjoyed I, the raid. I can't. So, if they make, if I want to make another one, I'm there. Oh, basically. bloody <laughs> But yeah, I just I just felt this. I I preferred the original. Yep. Um, I saw Spectre. Oh yeah. Exactly what you expect. Yeah, I've heard it's not one of the better ones. No, it, look, it's more in the line of. Uh, look, I don't know how to where to put it in the Craigs. It's not as good as Casino Royale. It's not definitely not as good as Skyfall. It wouldn't be as bad as Quantum of Souls. Surely. No, no, no. You get exactly what you expect. But the problem with Bond is, I guess, like a lot of these franchises, the guy's not in trouble. Yeah. He's not in trouble. He'll, and there's an excellent punch-up between him and Dave Batista. Mm. that's really, really good. And, and you know, he is just getting fucking thrown into everything. He's getting yeah. belted like you wouldn't believe. I saw Batista asked about that in an interview. Yeah. They said, if it was you and Craig for real, yeah. <laughs> what would happen? And Batista basically said, look, Craig's a scrapper, but, um, yeah, he's yeah. not going to no, trouble me. I mean, <laughs> Craig, Craig's bulked up for these movies, and he looks like a fucking child mm. next to him. I mean, the guy's huge, but yeah. the punch-up's really good. And Batista's character, even though he doesn't have anything to say... He's classic Bond villain, you know, yeah. like your odd job or your jaws yep. or something like yep. that. So I like that. Um, and the, the, the Spectre sort of brought what everything full circle. Who? <laughs> Remember when Vulcan was <laughs> Vulcan from the Gladiators? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. He was in um, so Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, not so right. classic Bond villain. Uh, and everything turns back on itself. So basically Spectre closes the loop of the Craig films. Like, it, it, it captures everything that's in there. So if, if Craig decides to move, walk away from it now, you've got the yeah, whole package. I'd be happy to move on. Yeah. Um, look, I, I'd be disappointed to see him go because I actually think he's he's the best James Bond. Sounds like so. he wants to go, though. Yeah. I mean, he's pissed and moaning about it in interviews about it, so I think his time might be Yeah, up. yeah, fuck. You know, these movies only made me fucking an A-lister. Yeah, Fuck. Yeah. Oh, I hate him. Whereas Brosnan recently was saying he was just assholes. <laughs> oh, I think maybe Brosnan said I am an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd be disappointed to see him go because I think he's the best Bond since Connery. Who would you Who would you have? Uh, I actually would. I would throw the um, spanner in the works, and I'd have uh, Idris Elba. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the wagon. Yeah. Because I think it would be... What's wrong with... Again, the whole idea that James Bond is actually a alias, not a man. It's an alias by MI6. Yeah. I kind of like that idea, but even if that's not in play, I mean, we're, we're in the... We're in the... Deep into the 2000s here. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure James Bond can be a black guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I think no dramas it, it, it would be a very good choice. Yep. Um, if not him, then Tom Hardy's probably the... The next most likely for me. No, no, he's got Mad Max movies. I oh, know, but leave him alone. Just he, let him have that He brings the right. He brings the right. Just let him have me. that. Uh, I watched Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> Both the movie and the first three episodes of the series. Yep. Yeah, look, the movie the, it, it, it copped. It got a lot of raps when I was overseas because I was living and working in one of these summer camps. So it was big. It was big to to watch Wet Hot American Summer. It has some laughs. But it just it's 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 kind of it's meant to be a spoof. I, I can only assume, but I don't think it really hits the mark in that respect. Um, Christopher Maloney gets the best laughs for me when he's yeah. talking about his dick cream and rubbing stuff on his ass and all this sort of stuff, <laughs> just randomly, and then trying to sort of talk around it. Yeah. But it doesn't have consistent laughs, and and that's that's something that probably hurts it a little. It's okay though. Yeah, it's all right. Like good, it's, for, it's good right. for a few laughs. Yeah. And that's me. That's me done. So I did get out, actually out to the cinema. Fucking hell. Jesus. Got, <laughs> out, of your, got out of your cave yeah. and amongst the people. <laughs> yeah, I saw the light for a minute. Went, oh. <laughs> Took a few minutes to sort of get my eyes in and get my bearings. <laughs> and then I realised I was out there. Um, I think I might You like back. one of those people from The, uh, the Descent. Yeah. One of the <laughs> monsters. <laughs> I, I, uh, my, a mate of mine's trying to talk me into Star Wars. I'm there. I'm so definitely I may, there. I may um, 
crawl out of my cave a second time. <laughs> <laughs> Although Creed, I'll probably crawl out of my cave for Creed as well. Yeah, definitely. So shit, I might be living in the cinema for a while. Well, they got those new recliners in there, mate, so you loved it. You'll be happy. Yeah. All right, let's take our first break and then let's get into the 74 Gem Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. Sally, I hear something. Stop. Stop. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. From New Line Cinema. Rated R. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974... Directed by Tobe Hooper, who directed Poltergeist, allegedly, and Salem's Lot. Produced by Tobe Hooper, and the story and screenplay by Tobe Hooper and Kim Henkel, who also wrote Eaten Alive. The cast, it stars Marilyn Burns, who was in um, actually in Texas Chainsaw 3D, just recently. She plays Sally, and Gunnar Hansen, who was from Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers and Mosquito, Mm. Played Leatherface. Now the and budget... basically the reason we we decided to cover this now, yeah. given the timing that he recently passed. He recently away. passed. Yes, the budget was about one hundred and fifty thousand. It was a bit hard to pin down. Some people were saying it was like sixty grand, and then there was people saying it was three hundred thousand. So it was a bit of a up in the air, and it made about thirty million dollars worldwide. I think. Okay, I'm, I'm, the synopsis is pretty simple. A group of five in a van travelling through Texas stop at a um, an old farmhouse they used to sort of hang out in when they were kids. Of course, across the way is the house belonging to the Sawyer clan and uh, they are then attacked by the son, who is Leatherface. Mm. Personal thoughts on this movie, for me, it's a three out of five. There is a section in the middle of the film that goes for about 40 minutes of its 80-minute running time, which is basically a small controlled slasher flick. And it works really, really well. And there's some really genuinely disturbing moments in that, that 40 minutes, but everything outside and at the end is just worthless. It's, it's rubbish. It could have been a short film. And that really hurts the film's effectiveness in that 40-minute stretch. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, I couldn't uh, I couldn't go that far. Like, I can't say that it's worthless and rubbish. Well, That's a big good. call. Put it that way. Um, to be quite honest, I... Like, I watched this the first time for the first time when I was about 14 or something like that. And I just couldn't understand why this one... Had the, had the reputation that it did because mm. I loved Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween and that sort of stuff. Couldn't understand why this one got so much play. I think watching it this time around was the first time that I, I actually saw something yes. and understood why, perhaps. Um, and I, I'm going to pump it up to about a three and a half. There's, three and a half. There's still some things that I, I don't like about it. But there are elements of it that I thought this time around, I just thought they were they were really fantastic. Yeah. Um, now, there is, I mean, a lot of the reviews I've seen and, and one of my favourite podcasts, The Faculty of Horror, also brought this up when they spoke about it, was mm. the, the sort of fluke element to it. It seems like a lot of it might not have been intentional from um, Hooper, but he hit the mark in a lot of... In a lot of places, and I mm. think uh, I've got to sit with about a three and a half. I, I, I'll agree with you that I think my my personal favourite part of it was that middle section that you're talking about. Um, but around that, I also saw some value in some of the things that, that were on there. So. Oh, I'm not saying there wasn't one. It was totally, I guess, without value. But to me, those two bookending scenes, if you cut them away. You'd have a very, very stylish 45 minutes. Yeah, so... You'd have a really, really quality 45. I disagree with the beginning, which we'll get into. Oh, look, the beginning's better than the end. Yep. To me, the end is the absolute low. The beginning is integral to the whole thing. 
Yeah, look, it ha- it, it has more moments. The the the, the end. Well, is I'll tell you why. The beginning, for starters, contains that. Getting into the likes for me, the beginning contains the the spiel and the yeah, yeah. John Larroquette voiceover, for which he was um, paid in joints. Well, no one else was paid anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, watching it this time around, that is absolutely integral to the, the success of it. Just the, just a quick, just the, the quick sort of synopsis of what. Well, establishing it as as reality. Yeah, it's kind of like a. An early Blair Witch. Yeah, it's basically, and it immediately gets you. Well, quite frankly, it didn't get me. I always knew that it was it was false. But in seventy four, when we saw that, we wouldn't have known anything yeah. about it, and, and we there wouldn't wasn't have as the many. To, yeah, there wasn't wasn't as many avenues just to just to establish that this this wasn't real. It wasn't based, you know, on a real thing. Even though elements of it were based on a real thing, it's complete yeah. fiction. Yeah, but still. This is, you know, um, I mean, Gunnar Hansen himself had anecdotes about people talking about how they'd serve time with the real Leatherface and all this sort of stuff. It, there was a large section of people that thought it was real. I guess that that's where the, the iconic, sort of stuff came from. The, yeah. The idea that this was more than this transcended film. This was, this person was legitimately real. Yeah. Some of that, and but, it adds to the it adds to the horror. If you don't know about it, I mean, I remember watching Wolf Creek, and again, that's fiction, but. We know from living in Australia and getting a lot of information about that when it was made that it's it's based pretty heavily on some some stuff that really happened, that is quite sort of sickening stuff, and that changes the it changes watching the movie. Yeah, and I think um, even when you even when you know it's not real, it's sort of added for for someone that thought that that was real, it would have changed changed the experience completely. Yeah, it would have made it so much scarier. Even when we know that it's not real, it sort of set this set this sort of tone to it. And I I, I think it was it was really important in how successful it sort of ended up being. And just to do, just to sort of um, follow on from that that scene that opening bit um, of the the short little bursts of um, the the hands and the and the skulls and the yeah. and um, as the credits are rolling yep. and then we pull back to see the corpses sort of set up in this very weird sort of setup in the graveyard. That's unnerving shit. That is. That actually very kicks things off very strongly. And the remake had an element to that. I remember. I remember a guy I worked with come up, came up with me, came up to me because um, he knew I was a bit of a horror fan. When he saw the remake, and he, this is you know two thousand three when it when it came out, and I remember him saying to me, "Mate, is that real?" And I was like, I couldn't believe that people still, yeah. still didn't. I think they played that angle a bit in the remake. Didn't they, they did. They played they that angle. They, angle. they used a, They used a, a, a similar sort of beginning, not not quite the same, but they had the voiceover, and then they had tapes. Yeah, yeah. that was um, the police. And so they use they had a similar angle, but yeah, it, it was a bit of a shock. I mean, that's that's a personal experience that that tells me that still people don't bother to look it up for themselves and find yeah. out there's not there's not well, actually we're easily a real dragged face. into that. Yeah, we're, we're easily dragged. In. We want we kind of want to believe this because yeah. we 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 know that this sort of shit is out there. It's an, it's an urban legend. It's an urban legend type vibe to yeah. it. Yeah, I actually thought the music. Was one of the real quality pieces of the whole package. Yeah, because you can tell it's cheap, very sparing. Too. Yeah, it's it's only it only happens in short little bursts. Yep, but it works when yep. when they use it. It works reasonably well. I mean, it's not on par with your, you know, your Halloween or, or Jaws or something yeah. like that. We're not talking about that level of of you know notoriety. We we know those ones yeah. offhand. But it's used. But this works well, and it's too. kind of got this real kind of. Uh, like the start of it where it's got that sort of keeps sort of you know yeah, it yeah. sounds like a camera flash going it's used off. differently it's used differently because we didn't have those conventions of, yeah, of yeah. like a musical sting to tell you when the and, when and, the and, and I, I like around. that I actually like that it actually it took um, away from that you weren't yeah, looking for that shit exactly and I mean you get to the you know the, the parts where we'll talk about it more in depth when we get there but the parts where Leatherface starts showing up it's used really well there yeah. especially I actually thought the production design for a low-budget film, I'm talking about the houses, how they're set up, yeah. the, all the bones and the structures yep. of the bones. That bone feathers room. are everywhere. You know, 
I think that's a really nice touch. You know, yes. there's a there's a there's a um like a meant to be someone's skinned face on a, a lampshade. Yeah, yeah. Those things are really cool touches. Really they give effective. It that real effective sort of scary kind of this that's is not what right. that's the sort of stuff that gives you the creeps it's yeah. not actually the blood and gore in this that gives you the creeps because there's not a, not much there's of not that. much it's, yeah. it's it's exactly what you said it's the house and the design of the house plus again tying that back to the the real life case you know Ed Gein did do things like that yeah exactly and yeah. so there is that element of reality to it again that you're getting hit with yeah and back in 74 you know the Gein case could have been more well-known, I don't know, back mm. then, you know. I mean, it's, it's not one that jumps out all the time. Yep. The first time we see Re- Leatherface is um, very, very effective. Extremely. He opens the door and, and he's just or he's just standing there in the door, yeah. hits him over the head, pulls him back inside and closes and the he's door. Gone. And that is, um, I mean, it's, it's so effective because there wasn't any of that musical sort of element to it um you know making a big sort of big fuss and noise when the killer shows up there wasn't a lot of you know quick cuts or any of this sort of stuff it was just i mean some of it was just like a a kind of long shot almost of the hallway yeah and the the guy in there with leatherface i think there was a couple of cuts to, to close her up yeah but a lot of it, you just sort of—it's like you're standing in the doorway watching it, almost. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and it's—it's it's massively, also, massively effective. When the movie came out, that would have surprised people because mm. you didn't know what was going on. You yeah. know, we didn't. There was there was a sense of sort of dread. Yeah. But you, we we had no idea that somebody would open that door. Yeah. Up yeah. Here, dressed in, in someone else's face. Yep. And then take take to these people like they did. Yeah. So it was a real sort of surprise. And look, it's not a surprise watching it now because we've no, seen it no. before. But even then, it, you can see that there's that there's that iconic. That's the iconic shot of Leatherface, where he, where he, yeah, you see him yeah. as the camera's moving in on him and he lifts the. Definitely. That's like the iconic shot, and they did it reasonably well in the remake. Yeah. Um, except for it was from a low angle. The remake's actually. Yeah, actually I actually very think good. yeah, the remake's good. Um, backtracking a little bit, you mentioned this sort of sense of foreboding. You know this this. Um, this sense of terror or whatever they actually do a pretty good job of building that up mm. initially when I watched it I always thought the, the you know the hitchhiker and the stopping at the cemetery and that sort of stuff was kind of boring but it actually all builds quite nicely like you know that when they stop at the cemetery to, to make sure that their grandparents haven't been dug up or whatever their grandfather hasn't been dug up you get you get that guy kind of laying on the ground and gibbering, but you know they shoot him right up close to his face and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Franklin's just kind of watching him, and then you start getting the hitchhiker and uh, it's it just fly out of the picture. Yeah, it actually kind of builds quite nicely. I always thought the hitchhiker was was fucking stupid, but again, watching it this time around, I was like, no, he, he was actually well, quite well, good. The progression is is right. No, not frankly, I wouldn't have let him in my car. But no, <laughs> the but, progression is right. Yeah, it works well. Yeah, um, yeah. it is a tad boring. Yeah. unfortunately, but that's just the nature. There, there, there seems to be a little bit of padding there because um, it's only a felt eighty three minutes, I think, in total. So it just seems that there is a little bit of length on those sections. Yeah, that. Just makes it a little bit of come on. Let's get on with it. Yeah, so but it's not too bad. It's the not hitchhiker, that bad. the hitchhiker part. Um, I can see a little bit of that in the cemetery and leading up to that sort of stuff. But the hitchhiker part, actually, I didn't think it, that was so much padding this time around. There was a, you know, there was a bit of information that he was. Giving no, but that, that 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 scene probably does not overstay its welcome because there is some. Uh, he is providing some. Some detail. Yeah. And he is talking about the slaughterhouse. Yeah, yeah. And he's also giving this kind of weird vibe of, I like people, seeing people get killed, and I like yeah, seeing people yeah, killed. Yeah, Because he's, he's, he's talking, talking about, about all the shit about how. Talking about oh, the yeah, you know, stuff. Yeah, you still use a sledgehammer, it's better. It's better, yeah. And, and, and yeah, the guy's going, well, don't they just put the gun in their head and, you know, no, 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 it's better to use a sledgehammer. Yeah. So it gives you this vibe, he's, a, he's an off he's an off guy, and also he's he likes that violence. Yep. It just seems like he likes that violence. Like Paul Verhoeven. A little bit. <laughs> when he when when Leatherface drags the girl inside yep. and puts her on the meat hook and then chainsaws the boyfriend. Yep. 
is a genuinely disturbing scene, even today. It is. Um, And you sort of couple that with the first appearance because it sort of... It, it all happens very in a soon after. Stretch, yeah. yeah, and that that stretch is probably the best best of the film. I think there's about ten or fifteen minutes where he sort of gets three of them yeah. pretty quickly. And those two you're talking about, the first appearance and then the girl after that he yeah. puts on the hook, really, really genuine, genuinely scary. I felt uncomfortable. Yeah, I actually was, really felt uncomfortable. It was actually that. yeah, it was difficult to watch, but not because. Um, Again, not because of the realistic aspect. I don't know whether even even though we know it's not real, I don't know whether just the planting that little bit in the head and yeah. understanding that Ed Gein was, you know, a bit of a sicko, even though we didn't know that that wasn't him, it sort of just planted this thing, oh, jeez, maybe that did happen. Something. But the like, thing is, again, the power of suggestion, seeing him getting sword, but you can't actually see it. No. You can't see the gore. No. You don't even see, you don't see the hook in her back. You don't see, no. it's all covered up, but it's just... Like you said, it's genuinely creepy. And again, they don't do a lot of quick cuts or anything. They just go about the business of showing you exactly what's going on, and it's fucking scary. Yeah. So I, I think that, and and I totally agree with you, the middle portion of the film, so from when they arrive at the house that they remember yep. to Franklin's death is, is the best part of the movie. And, yeah. and exactly what makes it work. And exactly why it's considered a slasher film. That's yep. that's the slasher. That is the slasher movie right there, condensed into f- about forty minutes. Yep. And it works really, really well. And it is on par. And, and yeah, maybe I'm talking it up a little bit there, but that forty minutes is on par with anything in Halloween, anything in Elm Street. It's, yeah, it's on par with it's all of it. Very different. There's this, there's that sort of rawness to it. Yeah, and and um, that works. The rawness works in its favour. Yeah. Um, and and this this you know not using these these sort of cinematic techniques that you that you used to again I don't know whether they were those conventions were established in 1974 I don't think some of them were but even then there's things that he does where it just seems like it's just sort of off the cuff or well not necessarily had a lot of sort of technical thought put into it it's just bang bang this is how we this is how we're doing it and it really works yeah. And, and that's the reason why I think this movie's held in that iconic sort of pantheon. Yeah. Is that 40-minute stretch where it almost plays out in a slasher kind of mould. Yep. Going into the dislikes. Well, I've got another You've got like. any other likes? Uh, a couple of other likes. That, yeah. We're talking about that stretch. There's a bit at the end of that stretch where you just get a, a short little moment with, with Leatherface sort of close up. Yeah. Oh, with his done, teeth? Yeah, with his teeth, and he's yeah. sort of licking his lips, and you see his eyes really clearly and stuff like that, and he's sort of just sort of blankly staring around. And this is before you get much of that kind of sense that he's he's like um, he's either mentally retarded or mentally sort of... It's before you get the, the mistreatment by the family and yeah, all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that he's kind of like a... Um He's the slow one. Yeah, yeah. Sort of held. But it just gives you this moment of like, um, before you even get there, it just gives you this moment of like, he, he doesn't kind of know what he's doing in a way. He's just sort of sitting there. Well, remember, he puts his head in his hands after he's yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He puts his head in his hands and he, he, he sort of puts his hands up to his face like this for a few seconds as if to say, what the hell have I done? Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of, I don't know, it just kind of brings you back for a second and it's... it's um, Complete contrast to like a Michael Myers where they they say you know you never see his eyes it's it's the devil's eyes the blackest eyes or whatever you see this this bloke just I can sit in there and see his eyes and you see all that sort of stuff and I don't know why I just kind of got hit by that moment thinking wow that was kind maybe of- it's because the feeling is a, he's a human being yeah well that was Michael Myers again it added to the to, to the scare because that's exactly what you said it brought it back to this is it's actually a human under there. Hmm. But you was kind of you didn't know what the what the hell was going on at that point. And that's always been the thing about someone like Michael Myers is he, even from the start, Michael Myers was a was the boogeyman. He was not a, a human being, or he wasn't meant to be a human being in the eyes of everyone who saw him. You know, he was meant to be this this wraith that just sort of came out of the darkness and took him. Yeah. And and then that that continued on through the the sequels. Yep. Leatherface was supposed to be human, even in that that awful second one you know there are traces of human elements to the character yep um not many in that one but 
that sequence in just for a second real, makes you realise that this is actually a human being who's just done all this. Yeah, and, and, and doesn't really understand perhaps what he's done. Yeah, and it takes you out of that kind of um, just that sort of like you said the boogeyman aspect of Michael Myers and even Jason to mm. to an extent. I had one other like too was was Marilyn Burns. Yeah, not bad. I thought she was really good. There's there's parts of that where she's just. I mean, the only sort of the only thing kicking up the emotion for me was her screaming, yeah, and fucking pleading and things like that. And yeah, she's actually not too bad. In, yeah, in a film where acting certainly not a strength. No, no, it's not one of the big strengths. I think you know it was it was passable for the most part. There's probably a couple of glaring, well, maybe one glaring one that sort of brings things down a touch. But I thought she was really good. Yeah, look, I'd probably agree with that. Um, sort of segueing straight into the likes, uh, the dislikes, sorry. Uh, yeah, look, other than Burns, the acting is a little bit poor. Um, not necessarily really poor. It's just, in, in, in a way, I think the budget works against it a little bit because sometimes you can't hear them very well. Yeah. Some of the actual sound work is a little bit piss weak. Yep. And and that's that's a technical issue. But it, it also highlights that these blokes aren't exactly great actors, <laughs> especially the guy up front who looks like Red Simon. <laughs> well, I didn't have so much of a drama with, with those guys but because you didn't get a lot of them. It was Franklin that was dragging things down for yeah, me. Franklin was poor, and a couple of the side characters we came across, the kind of weird sort of out there guys, Yeah, there seemed to be a little bit of a... Oh, that's yeah. That's just old mate. Yeah, yeah. Just grab lives, him and put him in front of the camera. Actually, in the place that yeah. was shooting or something. It yeah. just sort of felt a little bit that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, Franklin, what was going on at the start where he's taking a piss and they're just <laughs> down the hill? I don't know. The truck, the truck must have been coming at some real pace to kick up enough sort of. It he just suddenly be, goes. Ah! <laughs> it seemed to be. It seemed to be. Um, it seemed to be wind. From the truck? Yeah, I think that was the gist of it. But, you know, he's sitting stationary in his wheelchair, and then, you know, as soon as the truck comes past, it looks like he's just bloody stacked it on wipeout I'll or something. <laughs> he is actually coming down that hill with some pepper. Yeah. <laughs> like, cut to a front yeah. shot, and he's just flying down the hill. I actually kind of started giggling a lot of myself, well... You know, I'm not going to feel bad about that because I don't think, you know, he's not legitimately in a wheelchair. No, no, so I started not. cracking up and... Yeah, that that particular part, it just seemed to be tacked on there too. Like, there's not really any mention. You see him rolling around in the dust. And, oh, geez, wiping himself off. Yeah, then they're, they're back in the truck. Yeah, it's like, why was that even in there? Again, padding. I think that was a padding thing. That was a bit of padding. But Franklin, maybe I was supposed to laugh at it. Maybe Franklin it was, maybe was a just shuffle. a wanker. Like, yeah, Franklin was. He, a everything he does is. Is antagonistic. He sounds like a fucking two-year-old. He's constantly yeah. yelling out about Sally, Sally, yeah. you know, asking dopey questions and, that's, and whinging about everything. That scene where everyone goes upstairs and he's left down the bottom talking to himself and he's talking about, oh, you know, come along and you'll have fun. They he's said. giggling, and he starts, yeah, and making a fake sort of giggle. Yeah, then he starts blowing raspberries and he spent, there's one point where he just, he's sitting there for about 10 seconds just going... <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what? What's going on here? Like, come on, mate. Yeah, he lets the side down pretty badly. It's yeah, it's across pretty the board. bad. Um, even to that sequence where, give me the torch. No, 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 no I'm not going to give you the torch. I'm not going to give you the torch. Then I'll come along with you. And then next thing you know, she's pushing the bike because he says, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll follow. See, it's easy. Next yeah. thing you know, she's up behind him, pushing him. Just thinking. Just stay in the truck. Yeah, I yeah, I'm not. I wasn't a big fan. A big fan of the um, performance. No, no. Maybe Seagal could have given a better performance. Possibly. Right. No. We know that. Too much emotion. We talked about this last week. (laughs) Okay. I'm not going to go into any further. Yeah. I've got pending court cases. Best you don't. I've got pending cases. Full slate. (laughs) I've got a full slate with Seagal. Okay, so can't really talk about. After Franklin's death is when the movie. Loses its trajectory for me. Yeah, it loses steam. It it, yep. it it falls downhill. The the Much chainsaw like went after the truck. <laughs> the chainsaw chase when yeah. Leatherface is after Marilyn Burns. It goes on too long. Yeah, 
it, I think I timed that. The first because I thought it, I always thought it was too long. It goes for about seven minutes. Yeah, and and maybe three minutes worth. Yeah, had me gripped. But you know, it doesn't. It's a really boring chase. <laughs> it, I'm sorry, it really is. When, when she runs into the house, and he saws the door down. That's yeah. That's where I it felt kicks okay. Up that's all right. But other than that, there's there's like some of it. You all you're watching is a shot of her running, and then it cuts to a shot of Leatherface running, and there's because you can tell that he's. Slowing up. Yeah, you can tell he's slowing up, and then she just kind of, you know, does the classic sort of fall over or hit something, fall over, and then he catches up for a little bit. But it just seems that's that to me is where the padding is. Yeah. Well, that's um, seven minutes. If you're saying that was seven minutes long, yeah. Jesus Christ. Man. And that that doesn't that accounts for going into the house and then back out. Yeah, I know, but, um, but that's what I mean. I meant the whole yeah. the whole section because yeah, he's chasing yeah. her the whole time with the chainsaw. Yep. Um, um, chainsaw. But it just that's where that's where. That's supposed to get the blood pressure going and ramp up the the excitement, and it actually drags the excitement down yeah. because the, the the leather face stuff inside the house was where the heart was actually pounding, yeah. even though it was really measured and and Cause, cause slow. You know? Because that was the slow kind of methodical yeah um, attack. Yeah, it was much more well Did, done. So. Didn't really have chainsaws in it. I no, mean, you know, there was only one chainsaw no. used in that section. Now this is where I this where this is where the movie really takes a dive for me. Right. That last twenty minutes, it's terrible. I, I, from I could, what point? From her being captured. Yeah. I think it's about twenty, maybe yeah, slightly that. shorter. It's just crap. Like it really is. It 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 just it goes on and on and on, and all you hear is yelling, um, giggling mm. of these idiotic characters that we've just met. Yeah. Who I couldn't give a rat's ring about. I didn't care about any of them. I, I cared more about Leatherface, and he is, he just gibbers. He has no speaking lines. Yeah. But I cared more about him because he's copying shit from these morons. Yeah. I I actually think just before that, where she gets back to the gas station, mm. just straight out on the line, it's never a surprise that that bloke's involved because he looks fucking identical to the hitchhiker just with a few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a few extra um, miles on the face. So that was never a surprise, but there's something that just works about being in an isolated environment and going to places that you would traditionally see as safe, but they're all in on it. Yeah. That sort of thing. There's something that works about that, but I agree. When you get back to the dinner, the only part that really worked worked for me was her. Yeah, yeah. She genuinely looks scared shitless. Whereas the other, you know, it does go on for too long, I think, the, the giggling and the carrying on and that sort of stuff. And then he tries to hit her over the head. Let Grandpa do it. Yeah. So that is the fucking worst two minutes of the movie. The grandpa stuff was, yeah. That, that, Just garbage because he's going, he keeps dropping it in the thing. Talk about padding. yeah, yeah. Yeah, when she kind of busts out to it, it's a little bit anticlimactic almost that she just kind of... Runs to the truck. Jumps, and... Well, she just jumps out the window. Yeah, yeah. And, and she kind of breaks free really easily. Yeah, yeah. She kind of just sort of stands up and then busts out a window. Yep. Um, I do think that the final sequence of him standing there on the road going... Mm, yeah. Is actually kind of a, a cool sort of cool shot to end it with. Yeah, that was really good. And another thing that I didn't really consider either until, again, Faculty of Horror pointed it out to me. They do a lot of that because I'm a bit stupid. Yeah, well, um, but they were, they were talking about how it was one of the... Um, get them mixed up with this shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, there we go. mixed up with that, mate. Um, but the, uh, the fact that, again, this is prior to a lot of this stuff happening, but it's one of the, the few where the, the, the killer is just left... Yeah, sort of left there. It's not some sort of magical resurrection like Michael or Jason. The killer's just there, still still on the loose. Mm. With a, with a sore leg after yeah. the bloke the cop, belts him with the spanner and the, cop, the cops don't the turn up leg. and get him, you know. Yeah, it's, it's not, just it's just still there. The the, the, the the horror is still out there, I guess. I think all round I I was surprised with my enjoyment of portions of this. Yeah. Um, second time around. I'm not going to lie to you. I won't be busting it out to watch it regularly. No, I don't I think, think I will it, either. But The part that I think doesn't hurt the movie because it's a different type of movie. But it when when you, when you I talk about slasher films and I like slasher films, I, I always think of entertaining. Yeah. Slasher films entertain. 
because it's not taken too seriously for the most part. Yep. This, because it has that grimy, raw aesthetic and it feels real in part. Yeah. It's, it's not heavier. entertaining as much in terms of a slasher flick. No. So it, that's where it sort of perhaps has me not, not wanting to pull it out of the cannon. Yeah, look, I, I agree. I probably won't be, be busting it out to watch it regularly, but my appreciation has Absolutely, completely yeah. shipped around. I mean, I, back I when I first saw it, I, was, I, was, I, was, I just thought it was just crap. I had yeah. absolutely no time for it. Now you're looking at it with different eyes and you're seeing it. That it has real merit, yeah. Um, yeah and you're talking about a small budget, very small. So a real, a real solid effort. Yep. And I can see why it sits amongst the top tier. Yeah, totally. All right, Not well, going to be rushing out to watch any of the sequels uh, or the prequels to the sequels. I'm looking to forward the prequels to or... discussing Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation. I'm not Matthew McConaughey with some sort of robotic leg. Actually, the the remake we can put that in there is a good one, but every other every other one in the series is trash. Look, I haven't seen some really? of the more recent ones after the remake. Which one? Um, after the remake, so the beginning and um, so the prequel's no good. Is that the prequel? Yeah, it's no good. And then the sequel to the remake. The sequel to the remake. To the prequel. And then no, the sequel. There was another reboot. And it was a sequel to the original. Well, the reboot. That was Chainsaw Three. Chainsaw 3D was basically a reboot. But yeah, it was a sequel. Fuck you know, I can't keep track of this shit. No. Well, the new one's going to be a prequel. Okay. So the is that the one with Ethan Hawke? Walk past? Yeah, he walked past. <laughs> he was attached briefly. He walked past the officers? Yeah. <laughs> Ethan Hawke's attached? <laughs> he's going, he's going, he's going. Okay, so he's attached. <laughs> he left the box. He ran a couple of pages, I guarantee you. I held him out in front of him. He told me to piss off, but he saw a couple of pages. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to have a quick discussion about some lost horror films. So that's going to be quite an interesting discussion, so stay tuned. The reason why we're discussing lost horror films for this episode is Jared mentioned to me when we were doing a bit of research that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre had kind of like a prequel. I think it was a prequel type of thing. Oh, it's a, it's a sequel that again, came before again, Texas Chainsaw 2. No, no, no <laughs> it, 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 was, it was set well after Texas Chainsaw 2, but it contained flashbacks. Okay. That would have made it sort of a prequel. Of and, and it related to one of the characters that was in che- Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 called yeah, Chop Top. it was Chop Top, Bill Mosley. Yeah, he had like a, had a steel plate in his head and, I mean, I, I don't urge people to go it wasn't Texas like, Chainsaw Massacre yeah, 2. I did, look, I didn't love the second one, but there's people that, that the two, people yeah. do. So. But this thing started off as a short, I believe, yeah. in 1998. 15-minute short, I think. And it was directed by Tobe Hooper's son. Mm. Now, in 98... They managed to actually pull it together and actually get a full-length feature together. I think it was actually only an hour long, but... Yeah, it's an hour long, yep. And, and so that, shot. That, that was between 98 and 2000, I believe. Yep. They released a trailer. There's two trailers out there that I've seen. How are they? One of them just seemed to be a mash of images, but another one had bits of... Chop Top in the interrogation sort of interview room. And that's the premise of the movie is that Chop Top's been in prison. And I can't remember, I think it was an interviewer or something, a, a reporter, sorry. Is Leatherface in this? I'm not so Likely sure. I'm not sure. I'm possibly in the prequel parts, but it's set around Chop Top being interviewed in, in prison. Right. And so his recollections are the flashbacks. So there's there's one trailer that goes for about a minute or so that's got pictures of him sort of in the right um, in the in the seat getting interviewed in the jumpsuit and whatever and it's got you know the larger sort of because he's always scratching his head in the in the second one his head's almost worn away so it's got like the metal plate on his head and things like that so um, yeah there's a bit out there to see I believe there's still a website and a Facebook page that what's the quality of the footage. Look like. It's hard to tell because both of them contain these really quick sort of choppy images set to, you know, heavy metal kind of 
music. Right. So it's a bit hard to see what it would actually entail and whether it, there'd be a lot to it. You can only assume this was shot outside of the studio system. Yeah, so it well, was obviously made. I think he actually tried to kick kickstart it. He did. But it was very early on in in the crowdfunding sort of it was in 2010, I 2010, think. 2010, um, and he got he wanted $8,000. He got $1,200. He got 1200 from 18 backers. I don't know whether it was just a case that it didn't get word out there or crowdfunding wasn't wasn't quite the thing just yet, but, I mean, if he did it now, if he wanted $8,000 now, he'd make it overnight. Yeah, I know, but I um, just get the feeling that um, maybe it wasn't quite... Uh, something that a lot of people were looking for. I think the ship sailed, yeah. but... I think if you're telling me not a lot of people are looking for it, I guarantee you there's more than eight thousand dollars worth. Oh of, yeah, eight thousand dollars. But I reckon today to he to might it. need a bit more than eight grand to get it up and running. He might, but I mean, shit, that's 2010 we're talking about, and he only wanted eight thousand dollars. The film's asked, look, the film's shot. Maybe if he asked for fifty grand, it just was to shot. clean the bugger up, mate. It was shot. So the eight grand, I don't and know shoot, what that was for, but it wasn't for shooting. Shoot the film. some other stuff. Yeah. So in between, obviously the the eight grand. I don't know that maybe that was for post production or release or something or I don't know. But the film was shot, okay. So he didn't need the money to do that. That's where the bulk of it was going to be. So I don't know. I, I guarantee you now, if you put that up, that would make it overnight because well, there's enough people that would want to see another Leatherface movie to crowdfund it. Well, put it this way: there was some movement on a on a, a new website in late 2014, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yet that hasn't. Hasn't hasn't come to anything. I don't think we're ever going to see it, and I agree 100% with Bill Mosley when he was asked about it. I think it was about 2013. They asked him about it, and he said, look, it's too far gone now to meet anyone's expectations because it's one of these – it's like Chinese democracy, mate. (laughs) That came out, though. It's probably best left as it is, you know? Yeah, I think so. It was a bit of a curiosity in the series. Now, there's there's been quite a few – uh, we did a little bit of research um, through a website called Wicked Horror. Just a yeah. little bit. And they produced a bit of a list of some sort of horror films that kind of sort of floated around the ether initially and then disappeared, uh, never to be sort of brought up again. These movies were not shot, but they were they were initially sort of discussed at quite a high level. There was one that I wanted to actually bring up specifically, Jared, was, and I... I mentioned that I'd um, seen this movie or watched this movie quite recently was April Fool's Day. Yep. And my understanding is there actually was a, a, another ending that was shot but never has never seen the light of day. We've, we've never ever seen the... I don't even think there's even been like um, still shots or anything from that, that ending. Mm. But basically that ending was, a, was another twist. Yeah. And that was that Skip, um, her brother came back to the island and killed, started killing people for real because he wanted the money. He wanted his inheritance. I kind of like that idea. I've, I've actually read the scripted version that has that whole, the whole lot. I like that idea, but I kind of understood why they, they didn't go with it yep. because I like what they ended up doing. Yeah. Now, first one that pops up here, Michael Myers versus Pinhead. Hmm. That was floating around for quite some time. This one supposedly had some traction. Yeah, it did. Um, at Dimension Films? I yeah, think. I think it was Dimension, yeah. I just can't get wrap my head around. Halloween. It was titled, it, there was, they were tagging it Halloween for a while. I can't get my head around Myers and a supernatural entity. I think it's a terrible match. <laughs> some Maybe people that's... would say that Freddy vs. Jason was a terrible match. Maybe that's, yeah, but it's a bit more natural. It's two sort of slashes. Yeah, who are both... Well and truly, my Hellraiser was world. Hellraiser was very different. Yeah, Hellraiser was kind of like a cerebral type of thing. Yeah, um, I just and they, you know dealt with a lot of bloody sex and things like that. <laughs> I just working the was, in yeah, yeah, I just I don't know. I think that one uh, that was just where they thought, oh shit, you know, we've got to get on the wagon. What? Who can we chuck with Michael? Yeah, and there's not a, there wasn't a hell of a lot around. It, it. seemed like a bit of a kind of. Shooting for the fences type of thing. It, yeah. it, it was a pie in the sky, I think. I yeah, don't exactly. think it was ever really. It may have got traction upstairs as a bit of a, oh, well, what happens if we did this? Yeah, what but, two properties can, have we got that we can. But I don't think it ever got past that stage. Maybe a treatment possibly got some thrown mm. out somewhere, but I don't think it. According to this, 
Bach, Claude Barker and John Carpenter were going to be involved. So it got some movement somewhere. We better we better fact check that one. Yeah, you better fact check that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was I don't think it was ever a good good match. No, nah. there's very two very different two very different um, two franchises that don't belong together. Yeah, um, I, Clive Barker. I, not not disrespecting the bloke, but it's it's very different. He's he's uh, he's I don't know. For me personally, he's a bit hard to access. He's uh, I loved something like Candyman, but even that, it's it's got these all these levels to it. It's not just a straight out slasher. It's not, and Halloween was never really anything but uh, an excuse to make a scary movie. Exactly, um, and it and never transcended to be a really slasher good genre at all. It was just a, yeah. it was cookie cutter slasher stuff after a while. And there was George Romero's Resident Evil version of Resident Evil. Yeah, which I think was actually brought up back when the game was very popular on yes. PS One. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he basically got fired. Yeah, so I heard. He turned in a script and they hated it. And, and even though, from what this states, it, it stuck more closely to the actual game's origin story. Yes. But remember, game stories were not at the level they're at now. No, it wasn't something like A Last of Us, um, where, I mean, that's... Basically, that's like playing through a, a movie because well, the story is so well... Fleshed out. The fact that they're going to make a movie on that seems redundant. There's no need, yeah, yeah. exactly, because it's all in the game. If yeah. you want to see that, you play through the game, um, and it's it's an actual experience. But I actually, it's funny because I actually think the problem with the Resident Evil movies was they strayed too far yeah. from the game. Yeah, they, they uh, kept small that. pieces of it, umbrella and all that. Yeah, but then just moved away from it. I remember that. I remember playing that initial game, and I thought it, it was a great setup for a movie like that. Um, okay, you might have to make some tweaks, but that atmosphere was just creepy as hell. Yeah. Um, and I never thought what they did with the with the movies worked. No, it hasn't. It, 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 I wouldn't say it failed because they've been very successful. They have they? been, yeah. And they, they provide a level of entertainment, I guess, you know, it's kind of like, you know, shoot, bash, crash kind of stuff. But it didn't, it, it's never held any real scares or anything for anyone. Yeah. Now, Halloween 4 is an interesting one that gets a mention here. Allegedly, John Carpenter and Dennis Etchison had put together a treatment or a script for Halloween 4 that actually touches bits similarly along the lines of the actual Halloween 4 we got. Uh, the idea was that um, they were trying to ban Halloween um, after the original, like the yep. part, and then, but their attempts to repress the evil of Myers only cause to bring him back, like, to resurrect him. Right. So the idea sounded okay. I get the feeling, and, and this is just sort of anecdotal from a lot of you know, stuff that I've read, I think Carpenter just didn't really want... I don't think his heart was really ever in it again. Mm. Uh, I don't think he wanted to revisit Michael Myers um, as much as perhaps an offer might have been made to him. Um, I mean, he turned down H2O. And yeah. that would have been the one to bring him back for me. Wasn't he making comments about Michael in space too? Yeah, yeah he mentioned Michael in space. Well, he probably couldn't do HR because he was making Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> mm. Good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice work. Okay, there's all, there's obviously a discussion about Freddy versus Jason. Oh, the, the how many of them lost there? Oh, look, they just kind of had a, a big sort of blend of, of all the stuff that got missed. Yeah. I actually have read a couple of those. Yeah, those same. scripts. I read the Peter Briggs one, and I read the um, Lewis Abernathy, and yep. I also read one, uh, I think it, that's right, I think I read the um, one about the um, Jason being in um, in court. Yeah. That particular one was never going to happen, because it was no, too, it was too, too out far there. removed. Some well, of the other ones, like I, I didn't necessarily dislike the whole Fredhead business, the cult and all that sort of thing. But I think what we ended up with was... I know some people hate it, but I think what, what we ended up with was probably better. I think what we ended up with was as best as you were going to get. Well, I mean, the idea that they brought with that was pretty straightforward. That You know, Freddie was the dream killer and he needed... He needed someone to do his bidding to do for his him. Bidding. Let's Jason be honest the here. That... The Fredhead stuff, I can't remember. I think it might be on the Doco or it might be on the um, Crystal Lake Memories. Yep. Someone sums it up perfectly about the Fred Heads. 
We've got Freddie, we've got Jason. Why do we need these fucking bozos running around? Well, I mean, for me, it was just the avenue to get him back. Yeah, again. it was. A, but the problem was, I think, with those other scripts, was there was too much of the this. level. The level that it got taken to was probably not. Yeah, and it was where pushing Freddie and Jason um, away uh, into the background. Yeah, but I didn't mind the actual angle of of this sort of cult of worship. Where's Joss Whedon? It says here Joss Whedon was. Yeah, I'd never heard scripts. about that. Neither have I. Oh, you might fact have to check, check, check on that one. I'm not sure he was involved. There's also Last House on the Left too. Yeah. Um, I've, I have to read this out because, quite frankly, I don't know where this came from. I know that Danny Steinerman brought, brings it up on the Chris Lane Memories documentary that he was approached about Last House on the Left too. And it says here, the story would have resurrected the, the villainous Krug who would once again as a Jason Voorhees-like supernatural killer. In fact, the movie would also have been set at a summer camp and Krug would be picking off counsellors one by one. Now, quite frankly, I don't believe that. I don't think that Danny Steinman part that he brings up, I think basically he was just being approached because he was going to pick up Friday Five. Did you just get the first list that you Googled here? It was the only thing I could find. (laughs) I do remember Steinman mentioning it, though. Yep. So I reckon it was one of those things where they threw it at him as, oh, we'd like you to do this as well. Yeah, and what? It was all just shit, you know. That actually everything. rings a bell. Yeah? For some reason, yeah. I don't know where I've heard that before, know. but it rings a bell. It sounds ridiculous, but... It does, yeah. But but remember, Last House and Left 2 would have been coming out in the mid-'80s mm. when slasher movies were all the rage. Yep. So it's possible they would have tried to go down that right? Freddy vs. Jason versus Ash. Yes. This uh, was made into a comic book series yep. and was quite good. Yeah, it was. The only reason this didn't work is because um, cause this actually got a bit of traction as well, a yep. new line, but Sam Raimi eventually came in and said, no, nah, you it. can't use the ash, which, strangely enough, says uh, he declined the new line the right to use the ash character in case he wanted to use him again in the near future, which, strangely enough, has just happened. Yeah. So, in the, in the, in the way, smart... Move. Yeah, and quite frankly, I've always been a big supporter of this sort of stuff coming out in comics. Yeah. You know, I, a lot of stuff that, that never quite... Well, you can play around with it. Well, a lot of stuff that never quite worked out has made it into comics, and I think it's a it's a great way to sort of play with some of that, that stuff, and what we got with that was quite good. It sort of centred on Ash a little bit more. Yeah. Which worked pretty and well. And it was quite funny, too. There was the humour was still there, and yeah. I liked it. I kind of still felt that they did the right thing with it, yeah. but it belonged in the comics. I mean, I've read I read uh, Kevin Smith's Green Hornet, which was floated around as a movie at some points and never made it, and I would have preferred to see... I'm never, I've never been a huge Kevin Smith fan, but what we got in the comic, I would have preferred to see that than the movie. You know? Yeah, the movie. So it's good, to, it's good to get these things out and sort of get the comparison and something to yeah. something to look at. A couple of uh, two quick ones at the end. Um, we've talked about this one before, but Peter Jackson's version of Nightmare on Elm Street 6, which was, as I believe we brought up a couple of episodes back, basically Freddy was a just a whipping boy. Mm. And people were just going in their dreams to kick the shit out of him. And then, of course, he actually gets on top of one of them and kills them. And it starts to build his power again. I'd like to see Peter Jackson release that somewhere, anywhere. I don't care. Well, um, just, even if the script just leaked yeah, just, le- just if he just leaked it out there. And I don't actually know if they got this. to script stage though. I think it might have just been a yeah. I think there were storyboards and stuff like that and pitch material. But I'd really like to see that. Even if it was Peter Jackson who gave it out. Yeah. Um, although I get the feeling New Line probably owns it all. Yeah, um, it's not his. Yep. And the last one, which was a bit strange, and again, was uh, Shane Black and Fred Decker initially wanted to continue the Monster Squad franchise if it made enough money at the time. And they, what they were going to do is um, have the kids face off against Godzilla. Right. But, of course, it didn't make any money, so it was a none event. That would have been on, on the cards for sure. Huh. How many Godzilla movies have there been? <laughs> Get him against anyone. Shit. Well, you just get a guy in a rubber suit. <laughs> you wreck the town. But that's the end of that discussion. I thought that was, you know, it was. it's good to look at that sort of stuff because there's so much, so many scripts and treatments and pitches and stuff that are out there yeah. that don't amount to anything. Mm. And it, partially it's for, it's for a multitude of reasons. Yeah. Um, it's not the kind of pitch that the studio's even interested in. Freddy vs. Jason is a classic example. And that's where the problem with Freddy, Jason, Ash or... Pinhead 
Michael is you could spend 10 years unraveling how best to put this out there. Yeah. And that's what happened with Freddie and Jason. I think we might have to um, I think we might have to do one on comic adaptations and uh, novelizations perhaps. Okay. I've got a Jason X one sitting in there somewhere. Have you read it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's so yeah. off to a strong start. Apparently there's a, there's one I've been trying to track down for ages but apparently there's a sequel to the thing in comic book form that is actually really good. Oh no. Mm. Interesting. Well, let's let's uh, yeah, that might we'll keep that up the sleeve for another discussion. But it sounds yep. like an interesting one. All right, we're just going to take our last break and then come back and let you know what we're going to cover next episode. Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! <laughs> With the release of the new Rocky film on, th- was it today? Yeah, today. It was today. Yeah. We are going to sit down in a bit of a round table. It's going to be me, Jared, Gibbo, and hopefully... We'll try and rope in a couple of extra, extras. Extra, extra person or two to have a Rocky round table on Rockies 1 and 2. The Weathers Years, mm. I like to call it, because that's the, that's the key to Carl. Carl Weathers is a big player in that period. Yes. And um, we really want to run through the... The sequels, after that, the entire franchise, and then get to finally get to Creed. So we're going to start with Rockies 1 and 2. Be a good. I, I think that'll be an interesting discussion, especially with a few extra voices at the table. Yeah, some people who might actually... Um, have some common sense. Have, yeah, something upstairs. Well, look, <laughs> if anyone had listened to this one, this episode for the first time, it sounded, it sounded like we had some idea. Really? Yeah. Okay. Look, when I go back and re-edit it, I'll probably realise we didn't really know what we were just rambling, but still. All right, get in contact with us if you, if you want to talk to about movies of any kind, tell us what you want us to cover, anything like that. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au or contact our Facebook page at Thrillme Podcast Australia. Until next episode, keep watching movies, keep downloading our podcast, and take it easy. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.